Hey, good day everybody. This is True Philadelphian Sports Kids. This is our grittiest take flyers segment. I am here with Andrew to discuss some flyers hockey. How is it going today, Andrew? Pretty good. This is a little long day, but you know, it, I don't know, it just felt weird. A little tired, but you know, excited to talk about this hot flyers team. Yeah, yeah, hot is definitely the right word to describe it because even in a loss, you happen to look pretty good in a loss and look pretty competitive in a loss, except for, as we texted, bits and pieces at the end of the game. But when you have a goalie step up and just say you ain't winning tonight, that just happens at times and you have no way to control that. And the reason I bring that up is we can then segue into our goaltending. So how much do you really like how well our goalie tandem has really been one of the better statistically uh, in the league this year with how much Elliott's been able to step up for us and then Carter Hart now really significantly since coming back from injury. Uh, I think I think it's been tremendous. This tandem's definitely been working, and I think it's been working with how much they've been splitting time. They're not relying on one guy, and you can honestly trust either goalie to get, get in, in net and, and give you a real chance to win. And I think it's something you've seen. I mean, Hart struggled big time on the road. But uh, Brian Elliott's picked up big time for Hart on the road. So I think that that's a tremendous, tremendous look in that sense. And I think it's going to go a long way in uh, keeping a, a playoff run here. Oh, I totally agree because, I mean, you need to be able to have games that when your team, for example, in Buffalo, when – you're not playing as good of a game against not that great of a team, but your goaltender steps up and wins a game for you because that helps with overall club morale too when you have those guys that are able to steal a game. Because during this good stretch run we've been on, and not just this winning streak, but this long extended stretch run of winning a good amount of games and not going on extended losing streaks, we've had goalies step up in those games that have kept us going, which in the past we have not had that happen. And that's a huge change and thing that's been affecting the Flyers positively this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's credit to the coaching staff. They really turned this team around from what they were last year. You can tell they're bought in and applying for the coach. And, and, and it's going a long way. And, and finally, hockey's fun again in uh, in Philadelphia. It's been, it's been a very long time since I think we can say we actually had confidence in possibly a playoff run and getting out of the first round. And I think it goes uh, it goes very a lot of credit to Carter Hart, and hopefully he's I mean he's dealt with some injuries already in these first two seasons, but hopefully he continues to play well and he continues to improve. Uh, I am worried about his road starts, which I, I, that's a question I have for you. We can get into later is whether or not you do a a tandem of in the playoffs you give Carter Hart not at home and Brian Elliott on the road. Because I think it's that been that big of a difference. Where I think, yeah, Carter Hart's the better overall goalie, but I think you, I, I think Brian Elliott gives you the better chance to win, win a road game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in the playoffs you wouldn't do that because it's pretty unheard of, other than when your one goalie stinks to start a series, to alternate back and forth in the postseason just because it doesn't let you jive fully as a team because your team is not sure or certain on who they're going to be protecting in front of that given night. Where I do think because he's been better on the road, Carter Hart has gotten since coming back from injuries. It's not like they've just played him at home. So I think looking better in that instance 
and stealing a game the other day, I think he's going to probably be the favor. And then if you ever need to put Elliott in, you know you can um, rely on him. And I think also the reason Hart will be the favor is if the Flyers can stay where they're standing, they should have, they might be able to get also advantage in the first round of the playoffs. So therefore, they're probably going to start the series with Hart if they're able to have home ice advantage. And then if he does well in those first two games, I don't see them going to Elliott in the third game. Yeah, I just think it's worth at least taking taking a look at it because, again, with how how different he is at home and away. Um, I mean, it's also good this, this home, year in though. home games. You're looking at, at Carter Hart giving up less than two goals a game at, at one point six three goals against. And then on away, three point eight one. And if you really look at the way Coach he's uh he's managed this season, he's been platooning them. Like if you really think about it. Hart's been playing all the home games, and Elliott's been playing all the road games. And I mean, in in his last basically in his last 10, 10 games, he's only played one road game, and I really think that's telling of how he's been how his stats on the road. And and I get it, he's coming back from injury, and you want to give him rest. But but Brian Elliott's been playing the big games on the road. We'll see what happens in the next game against Tampa Bay. Who's going to start? Um, I honestly think they're going to go with Elliott. But, I mean, you have Elliott go on the road. He beats the Capitals twice in the past month. And uh, I think it's it's really yeah. been it's really been Elliott, the road, the road warrior. Yeah, I just don't see... I'm just saying from the past and just from how much you know, uh, mostly because you got me into podcasts, but I listen to a lot of different <laughs> Flyers podcasts now where... Um, they talk about on the Flyers talk thing and Jason Martinez being a former goaltender himself. History just proves you don't platoon in the playoffs. That that that's the unless if you have to. Like the Flyers, the last time they got to the Stanley Cup, had to because one they didn't even have two goalies that you thought you could get to the Stanley Cup with at that point of their careers. They had Michael Layden and Brian Boucher at the twilight of his career. And then Brian Boucher played like Brian Boucher of old all of a sudden, and then they got farther until he got injured, and then Layden stepped up, and no one knows how the hell that, you know, what went in. So, the Flyers are a team that I don't think they will platoon goalies, because even in that series, the reason I brought it up was until Boosh went down, they really did go to him eventually and just say, you're our guy, and Carter Hart is way superior to him. So, I think due to the fact that he's so young and he played good on the road last year, if you look at his numbers last year, it's just his second year sophomore slump is just not being as good on the road. However, the last two runs on the road have been Florida and New York when New York was actually cruising pretty good and Chris Kreider got hurt against us. So, they were doing good in that time and they were able to beat them then. So, he has two good road wins recently, so I think they're going to favor him, especially since he's projected to be your goalie for the next however many years you hope and goes down as probably the greatest Flyers goalie of all time if he could get enough years under his belt. Well, I get that. I think it's going to really depend on what happens in the first two home games. I mean, if you win games 5-4 and 6-5, I mean, I think you could go to, go to a switch yeah. in a road game, and I mean, if you, if he goes out there and you win a two-one and then a three-nothing game, then yeah, obviously, yeah. I think you'd stick with Hart. What I, you said I also, really 
what you said would also depend on if it was Carter Hart or if it was just our defense playing like garbage. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. that goes without saying. I think, uh, but again, I think it's worth at least at least a look. And I, I think I I lean towards the way of since I, I personally believe. Yeah, Carter Hart is the better goalie, and without question, the future. But with it being his first first time in the playoffs, I, I think it, it it bode well really to look into giving him the home games and Elliot the, the road starts if he struggles in those first two home games. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think I agree with you on that factor. If he struggles in one of the two of the first two home game, I do believe a hundred percent. Yeah, then Elliot would be in on the road. I agree with you. On that, but another thing, since we're on the goaltenders before we moved on from them, since Elliott has teamed up so well with Harden, it seems like they got a great goaltender room going there. In my opinion, I think it would be a good idea to keep giving Brian Elliott just like one year contracts to stay as the backup. If you want, hell, just give him, even if you want, even just give him a two year contract to be the backup for the next two years to stay behind Hart because it seems like they're gelling really well together. So. Uh, yeah, I I would agree with you. I, I think uh, and he's cheap. backup goalies, backup goalies is important as a backup quarterback in my opinion. If you want to compare it to the NFL, I mean, if your if your leader goes down like that, it's going to be tough. And I think that's I mean, obviously you saw with the Eagles when Wentz went down and Foles carried it. I really think if I mean obviously I'm not hoping it, but if if Hart was was say something was to happen i think we could trust elliot to to win it win a couple games and then the playoffs and try to go on a big run especially with, with how much this team is gelled they're a family out there it's not like previous years where it looks like there's no connection like you can tell the connection on this team i mean have we had the most injuries in the league no but we've, we've battled our handful of injuries and you continue to call guys up and they're all young guys filling in and the amazing part is all these guys are filling in very well and it, it, it's to me, it's just amazing how well everyone's clicked together. And again, credit to the to the, the coaching change and the new coach coming in. And uh, I mean, I think you also got to give credit to uh, Hextall in the sense of he brought in a lot of these young guys. And I know it's not going to. Sure, yeah. I mean, you win something, he's not going to be the one that gets the credit for. Is obviously Fletcher comes in and puts the final pieces together. But if you really think about it, that the core of this team was built through Hextall. So I think it's credit to him finding the depth there too. It's similar to the Ed Wade thing with the Phillies, how he built a lot of the youngsters that came up when we then had the winning team and then Gillick built it more. It's kind of similar to that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you look at that Phillies team, you, you got, uh, I mean, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Cole Hamels, and I'll just stop there. But those were all really Ed Wade guys. But, I mean, whenever, whenever, whenever most people talk about that these championship, these youngsters in the draft, like, Fairby. Oh, how, how, good, how good Pat Gillick is. Yeah, but Fairby. Fairby Frost, the final pieces. Yeah, because all these youngsters we have coming up, Fairby Frost. I think Knack was also a Hextall guy. Um, I don't think he was before, so I think he was also a Hextall guy. Like you have these guys that are all from his era being a GM, but that doesn't surprise me at all because that was Hextall's money. His money was having the youngsters and building up the farm. <laughs> what wasn't his money was figuring out how to put it all together in the big club <laughs> but I, I I'm happy I mean I'm I have to give some gratitude to Ron Hextall and I've kind of seen some tweets about it where people were like we have to thank Fletcher and Hextall for this team you kind of see people saying that already because of like you we said already it compares to the Wade 
situation where he put some the building block pieces together and then the finishing touch got put on it very well by the next person. But Hextall's biggest problem was he just didn't know how to get rid of Hextall. He was so invested in him that it was blocking his view. And I mean, I think this clearly shows on why they wanted to get rid of him. Exactly. But since you started talking about how well everyone played next man up, that's a good segue into who we think our most impressive players have been so far for this year. So I'll lead off by, I think you probably know who mine is. Uh, well, my two could be because I liked this one guy when we acquired him in a minor trade in the offseason. And then, obviously, Kevin Hayes you have to put in there as because Nolan Patrick hasn't been in all season. I hope he comes back in the next few weeks. There's still hope. That's why we made the smaller acquisitions. But he hasn't been in. And Kevin Hayes has had one of the best seasons of his career with the Flyers. He's been able to score on the penalty kill. He's had some of the more shorthanded goals in the league. He's very good on the penalty kill. He's great on defense. And he just he just keeps impressing more and more as each game goes by. Right now he has 23 goals, which is one behind TK for the team lead. And he has 18 assists to go with that for 41 points. He does have a minus six, but... A lot of people have talked about that. That's a very deceitful minus six. That's like some like just plays you can't really control at times. Just being on there with a bad line, you get stuck out there. Like that's if you look, go back and look at it. Apparently, people that are smarter than me and going back and look at it on other podcasts have said that's a pretty deceitful minus six. So he's played very well. A guy that's played exceptionally well that might make it be harder to keep him because he might not be in the 1.5, he might be in the 2-something range now, is Pitlick with where the Flyers are with salary. But he's a guy that I hope they can figure out some way to keep him because he's just played very well in the bottom six for you. He's fit in all year. He has a plus 11, so if, you wanna, if you're a plus-minus buff, you're probably obsessed with this guy. And he has 8 goals and 12 assists for 20 points, which is a very good contributor. And he's going to get more before the end of the season, obviously. From your bottom six, he's a quick forward that plays the game right. Both of those players I mentioned in Hayes and Pitlick are great on the forecheck. And in both ends, that and net front presences, too, when they need to be. Pitlick can be that, too. They've just been two great additions to this team. Yeah, no, I agree with everyone you mentioned. I, I think uh, what's really special about this team is it's pretty hard to pinpoint one guy that that's had that success because I think you can really go into a lot of different guys because I think everyone has stepped up this year, yeah. and that's why I think it's, it's tough to pinpoint one well, guy. I, I mean, left obviously, the one there you have the handful you. of guys that, yeah, you can say <laughs> surprise too, but I mean, when you have so much, you have you have five, you have uh, five guys with. Uh, 20 or more goals goals on the season. Yeah, I mean JVR just got hurt, but we had him right there on he the on the on the brisk yeah, of getting 20 at 19. And I think it's just really special with with how well this team has been able to come together. And I, I think yeah, if if you got to pick one, I think uh, Kevin Hayes, like you said, I think he's definitely been up there second in goals, so he's definitely a surprise. I mean Travis Konechny, I think I mean, we all thought he'd continue to improve and well, I expected him to become one of the better players on the team. This fast, that was the question, and I think that's kind of surprised at how how quick quickly he jumped like that in uh, from from year to year. 
And then, I mean, it's only one game, so I don't want to get say he's back. But I thought uh, Shane Gossesberry in his first game back yesterday, I thought he really played well. And if he if he could be another piece, I think that could go a long, long way in terms of uh, a run down here in the stretch and into the playoffs. And I, I think he's a big guy that's going to have to step up with Myers going down. So I think uh, I think, and that's the thing again. It's so hard to pick one because everyone is stepping up when they need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was also taking it from the perspective, kind of like you did with Konechny and with Hayes and Pitlick. I don't think any of us expected them. They're all solid players in their own right for the roles they're all supposed to play, but no one expected them to play, I think, as well as they're all playing this year, where I think another person that gets thrown into that thing, and it would be bad to not mention him, is Nicholas Abe Kubel, since he got called up, has played 36 very good games for the Flyers where we've had other guys get caught up like Vecchioni in the past that we thought could be something. Um, Vorobiev, those guys haven't really mixed in as well. Vorobiev was a bit better this year, but still very meh. So Abe Kubel came in and really played well, just like Bunnemans and Tchaikovsky when he's up for a little bit. Those guys fit in well. Friedman on the defensive end when he had to be in. So you've having a lot of these guys come in and fit in well, but he's been the superior to all of them, and the reason you can tell is by how much they love him because he's made he's made it through so many come ups and send downs. So he's basically almost at this point one of our starters in our bottom six going into the postseason, no doubt in my mind, because he's made it through a lot of people getting sent down and called up because he has to go through waivers and how well he's playing. There's no shot he's clearing through waivers. And at this point, I think he's playing well enough at only 23-2 to definitely be part of the future of your bottom six forwards. Because you need to have some young guys that don't get paid a lot for a while to be part of your bottom six. That's how you build a great team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's something that that has gone a long way. And I think he's going to continue to improve. And we'll see how, how well he does down the stretch here and, and, and the, as the games get more important as they go. But but I think, uh, no, and again, I think Travis Sanheim, he stepped up big defensively. And I think he's uh, really shown his worth as well as you continue to talk about the young guys oh, and, yeah, hell and yeah. saving money yeah. and money in different sense. And I think, again, another 23-year-old that's played, played a big, big part in our defense. Yeah, Sanheim, Sanheim is a beast. I mean, Sanheim, since Ghost has been out that you're doing, has been dwindling down. I think Sanheim, because Provorov's the obvious for who your favorite defenseman on the Flyers would probably be in terms of overall skill. But if I had to pick a second person, I think it's Sanheim now, because Sanheim's just so impressive with the puck. He, he just never looks nervous out there for such a young age. And he's also, at such a young age, helped Myers himself. Well, and Philippe Myers is starting to look even... He's been having a great season this year before getting injured and is a guy that's starting to look very comfortable in all situations where when he first came up, he did look a little bit nervous at times. That's going away. Ghost coming back, um, I just... His stats on the season are around... I think it's like... Yeah, I wrote it down. Here it is. Five goals, seven assists, and 12 points. That's not... That doesn't sound too bad. It's just how noticeable he was on the ice before he left is not what you would expect from Shane Goss's bear. So what you saw more in his first game back, like you were hitting at earlier, is kind of what the Flyers need to see so they can continue building upon and not going on extended losing streaks because they need to have a good sixth defenseman at this stretch run, and he needs to continue to step up while Myers is out. Because 
it's going to be interesting when Myers comes back, if Ghost steps up, what you then do there. But I think you're going to have to get Myers back in the lineup. So at that point, it might be Justin Braun if he's having a little bit of an off time. Yeah, and that's going to be a good problem to have and where uh, where you're going to have a lot of defenders. And, and hopefully Ghost does step up because, I mean, you want that problem because if you don't have that problem, that means Ghost is struggling and, and you could be yeah. you could be uh, struggling down the stretch here. But, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight to win that win the division. And, I mean, you're right there for the taking. You just got to finish, finish the season strong. Yeah. Yeah, and the other side is that's a great problem to have, but I also don't see Justin Braun getting benched because he's been one of the better veteran defensemen statistically in the league in the past month in terms of like getting his plus minus. Plus minus was really low. Now it's at like a minus one when it was at like a minus 16 or 18 a few weeks back. <laughs> so he, he's been killing it for like a three-week stretch that if he keeps playing at anywhere near that pace, you're not going to want to take a veteran like that out of the lineup, especially going to the postseason. So having this depth is definitely a great, thing but when like say Patrick comes back for this year too that would take Thompson out of the lineup obviously that would take your fourth line center out of the lineup but then you have to figure out how you're reconfiguring the line so Patrick can get in the right line stretch so you do have a lot of depth and Nolan Patrick's kind of your wild card piece because he can kind of almost become your Swiss army knife in a sense where he just all of a sudden gets thrown into it at the end of the season, and teams are not really prepared for him, so he could potentially be that guy that actually does score a few goals and do some things for you in the postseason if he comes back, because he kind of just snuck in there a little bit. Yeah, 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 for sure, and and, and that's something that uh, that again, again, he's 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 playing well, and I think that that was the big thing at the, the deadline is you picked up guys that. That mesh well in terms of depth, and you didn't go out and get guys that messed up like the chemistry and stuff. You went out and got guys that really just fit the system well, and you knew would get along moral morally and, and with the team. And and it's going to go a long way because when I mean, you saw the Penguins, they got made acquisitions, and it seems to hurt their team more. And that's something you got to be careful in a sport like hockey. And uh, Fletcher did a good job, and I'm I'm excited to see those two guys continue to go with with the team. Well, Derek Grant is a guy. That, obviously, I don't think a lot of Flyers fans watch the Ducks. I apologize if a lot of you do. But I'm just going to make a safe assumption you don't. So, Derek Grant, when he got here, I remember they talked about him when we acquired him on the one bucket. He's a guy that always has played the game the right way. Some years his stats have not been that good because his skill doesn't match up. He's not the most skilled guy out there. But he plays hard. He's great on the four-track, everything. And this year, that's really showing because he's had 25 points, 15 and 10, and a, and he was one of the Ducks' best scorers and most consistent players. Granted, they're a downtrodden team, but even on the Flyers, he's in a pretty good ranking when coming here in our scoring because he's a guy that fits in perfectly, like you said, because we're having well-balanced scoring. He fits into that mold very well, but the reason I said thank God we got a guy like him too is he's good when he needs to be because he's 6'3", standing in front of the net and losing JVR acquiring someone like him matters even more now because him paired with a guy like Pitt like if you want to put him on the power play a little bit or both guys that can step in front of the net a little bit and same with Knack Knack can step in front of the net a little bit too so you still have guys to do that where in the past if JVR got injured you didn't have as much depth there to put in front of your net 
Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And and I, I think obviously it was the trust that we wanted, and and that's really going to help. And, and that's something we've we've lacked recently is is what's been in front of the net in terms of the defense. And I think that's something that's one of our strong points now. And I think I mean this team's scoring at will. Obviously not in the Bruins game, but for the most part they're scoring at will. They put up all those points. They scored one eight straight games with four plus goals, and, and it's just such a good mesh of a team. Yeah. Yeah, well, if we're talking about defensemen, I mean, I did talk about Ivan Provorov earlier, but if I had to say the defenseman that's impressed me the most, that would not be Ivan Provorov because I expect, I mean, I think Ivan Provorov has a chance to be one of the better defensemen coming out of Russia, so I don't expect him to do bad. Niskanen doing this great at 33, I expected him to mesh well and do well with our team that I think he would have 33 points. Hell no. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. I did not. I did not think he would have thirty-three points and one of the better plus minuses of defenseman out of fifteen. So he's playing one of, honestly, his best seasons and one of the better seasons by a Flyers defenseman in recency at the age of thirty-three. And he's just a guy that's been a great veteran addition because he's a guy that's been there, done that. And I think the reason having guys like Braun and him have really helped this team to stay together and never go on those extended losing streaks, as well as bringing in the Pitlicks of the world, the Derek Grants that used to be on winning teams back in the day. Nate Thompson's always a journeyman on winning teams. Those guys just know the culture. They help you to never go on those extended runs as well, especially in a second half when you really need to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I don't know if you had, since I brought up Niskanen, if you had someone on the defense that you wanted to highlight other than just offensively that you really liked their game this year. I it would be the guy I already mentioned, Travis Sanheim. I think he's really really stepped up big. And I think, uh, I mean, he just had a tremendous year and he's taken a huge step forward. And again, another young guy you, you have, you, you have, uh, on a good deal, mm-hmm. and I think it's gone a long way, and is uh, and what he's done this year to improve and the form. I mean, former first round pick, and he, he's been fantastic this season. I don't think you could ask for much more from him. And then I think uh, the key player in these next few games is going to be uh, Gostisbehere in terms of the defense. I think again, he's got shoes to fill or skates to fill, and uh, Meyer. So I think he's got to be ready for the challenge and get back to his old old ways and, and fi- uh, find some ground. So I'd say Sandheim. Uh, great improvement, and then coming down the stretch, I think Ghost Spare is the guy to look out for. Yeah, I do think another guy, since I don't know if you saw, but last Friday, Tyrone or 975 was spreading love around. He continued to do that this week, so we'll continue to do that on this podcast. Uh, I think the sign here with this player is don't judge a book by its cover. When you get put in the best situation, you eventually succeed, and that's Robert Hag I'm talking about. Robert Hag, most people wanted to outcast this guy. When Andrew McDonald got moved, he almost became the new Andrew McDonald. Where people were like, oh, I don't trust Robert Hag. Why do we still have Robert Hag? We don't need Robert Hag anymore. He's just a different version of Racco Gudas. All those different things you would see going around Twitter, etc., etc. Well, Robert Hag has a plus 14, which is one behind Matt Niskanen, and he has 13 points on the season when he's not supposed when he's supposed to be an offensive liability, according to. <laughs> to uh, people coming into the season with three goals and ten assists. He's still not good on the offensive end, don't get me wrong. He's great on the defensive end, but he now just knows how to be accurate on the offensive end and get the puck on net that he's now just 
adept in the offensive end and then very good on the defensive end now. He's a much better version of a defenseman than Gudas because he's a stand-up defenseman that can also hit you. Gudas was more of a guy that could just hit you. And that's why, I mean, I think you see with Hag, you got to give some guys time when they're not as higher up of draft picks because when they get put into the right situation with the right staff, then you can see them thrive, and that's what you're seeing with Robert Hag this season. Well, you know, he's doing a tremendous job. I, I think uh, you see the improvement from him, from, from Gudis and, uh, and uh, guys like Andrew McDonald. I, I think, yeah, I understood understood where fans are coming from a little bit and the comparisons coming in the year, but I think he's definitely proved everyone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what you want to do, especially as a young kid that's still only 25. And he's a defenseman because of the style of defense he plays. That's going to be more in the cheaper tier of contracts because he's not that pop-off guy. And as I said with forwards, you need those in your defense to remain very successful too. And if he continues to play like this, he's a guy that you could probably give a one high ones or a low two-something million dollar kind of for a few years too and be very content with having him in your top six defenseman probably in the bottom lineup most of the time but he's very good down there and one of the best if he continues having these types of seasons in the bottom line of a defense so and then he's moved around in the defense this year too when he's had to and he's been flexible in being able to do that too which he hasn't shown in past years I think this is just the year he's really hitting his peak and really his prime because he is only 25 and that's when most players hit it that are not pop-off guys I think this is when you're really going to see I don't know about this sick of a year from Robert Hag but around these types of seasons from Robert Hag going forward because this is a very good year but I think you're going to see him be a steady guy for this team oh yeah absolutely and he's going to continue to grow yeah and that gives you comfort with you might not be able to keep a contract abroad with how well he's played as a veteran. He might want to go on the market. Uh, Hag being a stand-up guy that's able to take the body, too. If you can go out and get another veteran then to replace Braun, you're more comfortable being able to do that and let Braun go because of how much a guy like Hag has stepped up as well. So it also really helps you with those business decisions down the line also. Oh, yeah, for sure, especially with where you're at in the cap space and you got to find ways to save. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you had any other key points you wanted to talk about on the Flyers before we wrap up or if uh, you were kind of content or any around the league points, too, as well, if you wanted to talk about some of those. Uh, I think uh, I had to say... um down the stretch here I mean that, that win streak was huge a shame to see it end against the Bruins but uh hey the nine game win streak gave you a little separation with the Penguins and it's really put you in a spot to fight here down the stretch for the division so I'm excited to see where this team goes and I think uh I mean you got 13 games left on the year you, you, same amount left with the Capitals you're one point behind so let's hope uh, you can start another run here yeah yeah like I said it's all about not having extended losing streaks, and I feel with this team they're not going to do that. So I think they're bounced back and look good tomorrow in Tampa Bay, which is a tough opponent, especially in Tampa. But with how we've played recently, I think we have a good shot at winning that game tomorrow and then going into Saturday feeling pretty good about ourselves. So if that's all you had to say, then I'll ask you for what's your social media handle to find you on. 
Uh, it's uh, AJ underscore Santangelo. And then ours for the podcast is uh, true underscore Philly sport. Isn't that it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because I... Um, and then mine there's is... So many, there's so many nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And mine is at JJ Boric 26 And this has been True Philadelphian Sportscast, the grittiest take flyers segment. Let's go flyers, now or never, baby. Have a great day, everybody.